This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello and welcome to Bruising Buzzwords. My name is Michael Cardoso and I am the lead content producer here at Envision. Today we're going to be talking about the omni-channel marketing approach. What is it? What does it look like? How can it benefit your business? And what are some pitfalls to avoid if you are considering this approach yourself? Today, I'm joined by our incredibly talented Bowie Fan, who is the digital marketing strategist here at Envision. Thank you so much for joining me today. And also, I believe we have another guest here if you want to introduce him. Uh, yeah, he'll be sniffing around. Hopefully, the mics won't pick up too much. But Coco is here with us. He's my little buddy, let's call it. Amazing. Well, thanks again for joining us today. And um, let's get right into it. What is the omni-channel approach and what does it look like? Yeah, that's a great place to start. I think when we talk omni-channel approach, it's something that a lot of people tend to confuse. But in short, when it comes to omni-channel, it's stringing along all the different major touch points of your customer's journey for a seamless experience. And what I mean by that is your marketing effectively acts like an orchestra, where each different part, whether it's the winds, the percussion, is playing in perfect symphony. In short, that might be your email marketing aligning with what's happening on site and what's happening on Facebook, Instagram. I think a lot of the times when we think about how can we approach our marketing, people tend to confuse uh, multi-channel marketing for omni-channel. And effectively, when we're talking about multi-channel marketing, the difference is everything happens unattached to anything else. For example, you might have a bakery that's having a sale, a new product launch. And instead of customizing that message for the channel, it's the same photo, image, uh, copy that gets published to Facebook, uh, your email, your website. But there's so much more we can do uh, for if we're talking about this bakery example again. You can customize it with a welcome offer for new users or for returning loyal users to let them know that they can get first dibs or something like that. So there's a lot of nuance that can happen with omnichannel, and we've seen the results of a proper omnichannel approach and how it can increase sales, revenue, leads, and just overall customer satisfaction. Uh, why doesn't the more siloed approach work in the same way? Obviously, you use the symphony example. You want to make sure everything uh, is working in conjunction with each other, all the different channels and uh, ways that you market to your clients. But um, why can't you just do it in the siloed approach? What's the, what's the big disadvantage to that? So when we're talking about the silo approach... For a lot of businesses, that's kind of where they start because that's where it's easy, it's scalable for their type of business, you know. But the problem is you're not taking consideration where your customer is. You're not thinking about what are the actual channels they're using. I believe it was Google, 90% of 
consumers in general will require multiple devices to complete a single task. This could be research. This could be even just purchasing an item, right? So maybe you start looking on your phone, you find it on Instagram, and then you think back to a product you were looking for and you want to look it up and see if you can see it in store. So you're on Google looking it up on your computer, right? Before you make your final purchase. Some people prefer to do it on mobile. Some people prefer to do it on desktop because it feels more secure. So the problem is, when this experience isn't seamless. And what I mean by that is, is your marketing put together in a way that the same person who already knows about you, who already understands your product, isn't getting the same, by the way, this is who we are. Have you met us? It doesn't feel personal, right? It doesn't feel aligned with where they are in their journey. They might have already started that relationship with you. Um, I like thinking about existing customers, right? Existing customers, for those who don't know, are in a really, really important segment because existing customers are more likely to return and give you more money at higher rates or bring in new business by referrals. So 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 important that we are uh, retaining those customers for long-term growth, increasing that lifetime value, right? That retention and satisfaction goes so far. If I have an existing customer base, why would I use the same message, the same one-on-ones that they already know about my business? They've gone through the purchasing cycle. They've gone through onboarding, right? Whatever that may be, whether it's e-commerce or B2B, they don't want to be bombarded with that same message. Instead, if we can tailor that messaging, maybe they're on your email list, right? And they're already using a particular product. You know for a fact, oh, this person, they love uh, croissants, right? You can further that messaging by letting them know, hey, if you love croissants, today's croissant day. We're celebrating with this. Would you like to come in and check it out? By customer. Yes, I I would like croissants. Yes, right? It's amazing. (laughs) But you want a more tailored experience because that personalization goes a lot further. Another fantastic example that I like to reference that we do here at Envision all the time is something like remarketing ads. This is somebody who's already in your lead funnel. They already know your name. They've already been on your website. Then maybe they follow you on social media. And it's just a matter of pushing them a little bit further down that customer journey to make the jump, to make the final leap of that conversion. So things like remarketing ads, where they're more tailored uh, to what that specific person was looking at, can provide fantastic results. So we already went over a lot of the benefits of the omni-channel approach, um, customer retention, building a consistent brand across all different platforms and in person. Um, but I was wondering, what does the omni-channel approach look like in terms of efforts and how does it differ uh, depending on type and size of business? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that's why we see this divide between multi-channel and omni-channel. When it comes to efforts, omni-channel does require a little bit more attention because you need someone or some uh, vision visibility on what's happening at the major touch points for your clients. So in general, when it comes to the efforts, it does mean a lot more attention. But that attention does come back in terms of your ROI based on the anecdotal stories of other organizations and hearing from large scale. An omni-channel approach, which is just a little bit of extra attention, can increase your return on investment by over 10% which it can be major, right? Depending on how much of a multi-million dollar organization you are. When it comes to the size of the business, however, uh, the difference is in short, 
could be negligible. Depends on how complicated of a journey your customers are going through. When we're talking about local, small, B2B, it could be that extra hour every week to make sure everything's seamless. And once it's set up, you're good to go, right? But as we go to more complex journeys, longer tail journeys, especially in the B2B sphere, that's where that extra little attention goes a long way. Um, If your sales cycle is over a year, you can expect to have a lot more attention driven towards is your SEO messaging aligned with email marketing? Is your uh, different channels, your Facebook, your LinkedIn, your Instagram, Twitter, what have you, are they aligned with the users you want to push forward, right? So it all does come together and it does require more attention the larger, more complicated that buyer process is as well as the organization. We spoke about the benefits of the omni-channel approach, as well as what that might look like for different sizes of businesses. Um, But I was wondering if you could dive a little bit more into the complexities and potential challenges of taking this approach versus um, other more typical marketing approaches. I think when it talks, when we go into the complexities of it and how much more effort it takes, honestly, it does not have to be super complicated. I think that's something a lot of people uh, get intimidated by because it sounds like a lot. What it really requires is sitting down and starting to ask, what are the major touch points that are important to my customer in their journey? Where are they coming from? Where can I have those high peaks and the low lows? And how can I make that journey better for them so they can have that strong experience? At the end of the day, omni-channel marketing needs two main factors, right? First, we need to be able to um, have that consistency so that customer can have a good relationship with the organization. Second, we have to be pushing the customer towards a certain action, a certain goal, right? It could be retention. It could be overall satisfaction. It could be making that transaction. Once you have those two identified, you can figure out what are the next steps, right? Where is it worth putting your dollars, putting that investment, right? All those efforts, right? Email marketing, LinkedIn versus um, Google My Business are all going to vary depending on that particular business. If you're local, it's going to look very different than if you're a global multi-billion dollar B2B business. Why might some brands fail with this approach? Like what are some common areas where companies get it wrong? I think when companies get it wrong, it's usually because they don't understand their customer. They don't understand the major touch points that their customer needs to make that decision. Or after they make that decision and make a purchase with you, what's the most important thing for that customer to then come back, to give you a review, to become an advocate? So it's all a matter of understanding what is of value and how can you make those particular highlights mean so much more to that person. Amazing. So knowing your customers, meeting them where they're at and giving them high value content to keep them interested in the brand. Not just high value content, but content that aligns with where they are in their journey. So it could be if they're new to your business, they have never heard of you and they just happen to be on an email list, right? With your material. How do you make that first introduction? Or if they already have been with your business and they've been following you for a while, how do you get them to actually reach out to you, right? So understanding where they are in terms of their level of expertise, if they're emotionally ready to make that jump, right? And it might be, or if there's other stakeholders that they have to get involved, how do you make it easier for them to send out that information and get that approval, get that sign off and make that transaction? I wanted to highlight a success story 
uh, a brand that has done it right and has had a lot of success as a result of taking this omni-channel approach. Um, one brand that comes to mind is Sephora. Can you tell us a little bit about um, how they took the approach and what success it generated for them? Yeah, for sure. Sephora has always been leading when it comes to digital marketing and adapting digital strategies uh, in general. What Sephora has done is they've unified their customer experience. So it's very seamless. You get your updates. They know exactly what products you've bought in the past. They even know what type of skin you have if you did one of their questionnaires, right? So when it comes to Sephora, for those who don't know, uh, it's a major beauty company. They sell a lot of products, a lot of skincare, a lot of makeup, all those great things. And effectively, what they've done is created a system where once you start engaging with Sephora, whether you decide to sign up for their Beauty Insider membership, right, which is in fact a customer relationship management system, or you have bought something once from them or visited their website once. They've created a system where they already know, okay, this person's interested in, in these particular products. What we're going to do is have something like a remarketing campaign for them. It might mean an email gets sent out to say, hey, by the way, we saw you were interested in this product. Here's three other things that you might enjoy. Check them out, right? They're great for your dry skin. At the same time, they might show you those products again because you didn't finish making that transaction as you're surfing the web. So maybe I started on my computer. I was looking up a new face cleanser, right? And I found three that I was thinking about but didn't really want to buy. So I closed that tab. And three days later, I'm on my phone. I'm scrolling Instagram. I might see an ad for those exact products I was shopping for and go, oh yeah, I wanted to actually buy one of those things. And I'll follow up, go through Sephora's channels, and of course, be in their system by making that purchase. Once I have that purchase, Sephora is able to better project and understand what my needs are, right? So they may understand, oh, okay, this person's really into skincare. So we're going to give them more information that they might be interested in. Let them know about new product launches. Uh, let them know about things that are really important to them when it comes to their beauty. So Sephora has been great in that they've launched a lot of apps as well. So there's a seamless experience as you go from in-store to online to website to app to in-person again when you're talking to any of their, their uh, advisors in-store. There's a lot of opportunity there as a result. It's great to see uh, how these strategies work, uh, especially when it's a company of that scale, uh, you can really see clearly how big an impact it has on their consumers and on the business itself. Um, but let's say I'm uh, a small to medium-sized business, not quite at the scale of Sephora yet, um, and I'm coming to you as a marketing strategist and asking for your tips on where do I even start with mm -hmm. the omni-channel approach? What are some of the, the key takeaways that you want them to have uh, if, if they're just getting started with this? The first thing you always have to identify is what are the important channels for my audience? You have to know who you're talking to, right? I'm going to use the website internet world very different than someone twice my age. So when I navigate the world... I'm looking for different solutions. I'm looking for different things. I'm on different platforms, right? So I might be on TikTok, right? But my parents aren't. As a result, it might be I need to engage with my businesses and social the way I need it or email, right? Or a website. As a result, once you identify your customer base, you understand them, highlight what are the key points in their journey that are really important. Think about when do they first hear about you, right? Or in general, when they're looking for a solution, where do they go? Do they come across it in the world, like just magically? 
or is it a situation where they will seek you out as a solution? As we get more and more complicated buying processes, it's really important that businesses understand what are the key moments in their consumer journey? What are people looking up? What are they researching before they even engage with you? So understanding when they become a client, how uh, can you push them towards that decision? It might be the timeline. It might be the platforms, right? And lastly, how can you help that client go above and beyond? So they're being your advocate, right? Pushing them towards that end goal of really bringing in more business to your organization. Once you have that settled, it's a matter of analyzing your own marketing channels and seeing where are you missing the ball and where can you improve that messaging to be more tailored. Another wonderful thing about Omnichannel is the fact that you diversify your marketing portfolio. What I mean by that is that you're not relying on a particular system, a particular platform. You're building also your own audiences with it. In short, we all know about social media, algorithm changes, it messes everything up. So by having your own um, ownership of Omnichannel, you're dispersing that risk instead of relying on only Facebook to drive your sales. So with all that in set, look at your marketing, try to understand where you might be missing the ball, where can you customize that relationship a little bit further for that particular person where they are in their buyer journey. I think that's great advice for anyone that's looking into getting into this approach or at least exploring it. Um, I see a ton of benefits and I think if it's executed right, which from the sounds of it doesn't have to be as complicated as it might seem, um, that it can do a lot of good for a lot of businesses at any size. So um, I think that's a great place to end it off. Thank you very much, Bowie, for joining us. This has been Bruise and Buzzwords. If you enjoyed the video, uh, please leave a like, comment, and hit subscribe if you want to see more. Thanks again. Have a good one, everyone. I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then have we, we the perfect, perfect podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous. Or sexy. Catch us on, on the Dean Blundell Network. Or on our YouTube channel. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Because democracy, democracy is something, something you do. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. <laughs>